This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website as we find out what's been going on in the world of Lower Main land real estate in the past week and uh, things are changing. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. It's been quite the roller coaster ride for gas prices across the lower mainland. After going through the roof in the last couple of weeks, prices fell a record setting 35 cents or so a liter in one day this past Wednesday. By Thursday, the average cost was down to about 192.9 cents a liter. Gas wizard analyst Dan McTagg said gasoline prices are falling because the Phillips 66 refinery in Ferndale, Washington, is set to restart production after scheduled maintenance. The arrival of gasoline cargo from Italy is also helping. Metro Vancouver has had some of the highest gasoline prices in North America in recent weeks after refineries in Edmonton, Washington, and California shut for scheduled maintenance. On October the 7th, the average price of a liter of gas in the Lower Mainland hit a North American record at 241.9 cents a liter. The International Monetary Fund is not so optimistic when it comes to the economy. It has uh, this week downgraded its outlook for the global and Canadian economies for next year, saying the worst is yet to come. The 190-country lending agency, uh, the International Monetary Fund, is citing threats to that includes labor shortages and excess market demand. The IMF now predicts the global economy will grow by 2.7% next year, but that's down from the 2.9% that they estimated back in July. The Canadian economy is expected to grow by 1.5%, and that's down from an earlier forecast of 1.8%. Bauer Hockey, the company that makes everything from skates to gloves, pads, and sticks, has announced it will be pausing its partnership with Hockey Canada. Bauer says it will continue to supply equipment to the women's programs, but will no longer be supplying the men's tournaments and programs. Hockey Canada will still be able to purchase the gear for the men's programs, but the company says all profits will be invested in hockey programs for girls, women, and other underrepresented communities. Bauer says that what's going on with Hockey Canada is extremely disturbing. This is all after the CEO and the entire board of directors for Hockey Canada all resigned after a bunch of scandals that have come to light in connection to how the organization handled sexual assault allegations by paying out settlements through a hidden fund that was partly maintained by minor hockey registration fees. A Hockey Canada official testified in July that the organization had paid $7.6 million in nine settlements related to sexual assault since 1989, and that didn't even include this year's multi-million dollar payout to a woman in London, Ontario. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW, and coming up, we're going to talk real estate 
with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as johnnysmartpoint.com. That's where you can find him online. And uh, things are changing in the Vancouver real estate market. And it might be a good time to think about selling because uh, the momentum, the downward momentum of this market may be continuing. And we'll get John Carlson's opinion about that when we, can tur- when we return on Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time to talk real estate with our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint and johnnysmartpoint.com is the website where you can find him online. That's uh, H-N-N-Y, two N's, johnnysmartpoint.com. John at johnnysmartpoint.com is the email address. Uh, how are you doing, John? Good to have you. You know, I'm doing fine. Like everybody, I'm enjoying some pretty unusually good weather, so that always helps the, the spirits, but uh, I'm doing great. Hopefully the listeners are as well. Yeah, and uh, it's it's such an interesting time with the real estate market in Vancouver. It, it seems to me we're really in a transition point from such an extreme period of uh, like a sort of a this phase we went through during COVID with real estate and uh, things seem to be changing. Um, and uh, I was looking at some of the statistics that uh, buyer demand was slowing and the amount of uh, inventory out there, meaning the people who are selling, is increasing. So that's kind of leveling out. Um, and a lot of people are concerned about where the market is heading, where prices are going. So I, I thought maybe we should talk about just a general overview of where we are in the market, because you've been doing this, John Carlson, uh, for a long time, for, uh, you know, 25 plus years, something like that. You've sold more than a thousand properties in the lower mainland. So you've seen the phases of Vancouver real estate. You've seen it go up and down and you, you kind of, you know, know what to expect in many ways. So let's talk big picture. Like where were we a year ago and where are we now and uh, what should people do? Say, say people are thinking of, of selling. Maybe they've been on the fence for a while. Maybe they're afraid to, to go into the market now, or, or maybe they're thinking they, they should go in the market now before it's too late. But let's, let's talk. That's a huge question that I'm throwing at you, but let's talk about where we were and where we are now, if that makes any sense. You know, I think that more than makes sense because, you know, that's probably the, um, the, the, the big picture, as you say, that I talk to potential clients about on a regular basis, you know, almost a daily basis, pretty much, because um, as we know, there are changes in the market. And, uh, you know, my particular area of, of expertise, I, I, I tend to specialize as someone who helps people sell their homes. Um, I'm sure there are some other agents out there who specialize working with buyers and, and I work with buyers as well. But typically, you know, the, the buyers I work with are the people whose homes I've already sold. Um, and so I, I tend to help. So I, my specialty really is working with home sellers, helping them achieve the best possible results and put as much money in their pocket as they can while, you know, having the process go smoothly. So 
conversationally when I'm meeting with people, you know, really this, this whole big picture is the, the questions in their mind and people have a good idea of where the market was. And we've talked about that many times and uh, they have a little bit less of an idea where the market might be today. And uh, of course, if you're selling a home, you want to be, you know, you want to be aware of the trends in the past and where things are pointing, but you're kind of looking towards today and the future. And, and when it comes to predicting the future, that's where things get a little bit more difficult. But, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of, um, uh, you know, road signs and a lot of um, indications in terms of, of what has happened and what's going to happen. So back to your question, the big picture of real estate, where are we? Where are we going? These are the big picture questions that I get from people when they say, hey, John, come and talk to me. I'm thinking about selling my home and these are my circumstances. Um, how do you see, you know, a sale happening today and what would your strategy be and what would your pricing be and all that sort of thing? So I haven't answered your question, Martin, but I'm acknowledging that that is, you know, that that's the, that is the big question. Yeah, that, that seems fair. So, so I mean, okay, how about that? Where are we right now? Well, that's a good, again, good question. Let me, let me put my spin on it here, my thoughts. Um, and I'll, okay. I'll try to be brief in terms of the history because we've seen, you know, I think if you take a look at the peak of the market price-wise, it's probably the end of February, maybe March, depending on the segment of the, of the market that you're in. And, you know, in those days, uh, we were at the tail end of a whole bunch of money being printed. Investors were buying up real estate. Um, homeowners and or potential home buyers were competing against one another. Uh, they had a lot of leverage. Let's remember that interest rates are leverage. When rates are low, you can borrow a lot of money relatively easily. When rates go up, mm -hmm. you can't borrow as much. You can't leverage. So, it was a high leverage situation. It was a high excitement. There was a fear of missing out. And buyers were pretty much prepared to dump their wallets open every last penny to compete for homes and, and get one that they liked. So that's the backdrop that produced some of these pricing expectations that are no longer there, quite frankly. So today we're in a situation where, you know, I think that interest rates have gone up, of course. Um, and buyer confidence, therefore, is somewhat shaken. Buyers are saying, hey, you know, Maybe I don't have to be in a hurry anymore. It seems like the last seven months straight pricing in my segment has dropped. So there's not the urgency on the part of the buyers anymore, which creates a, a completely different dynamic. And uh, I think one thing that's really important for, for sellers to, to, to really think about is if you're comparing, if you're remembering, and we all do, um, you know, remember when I'm doing evaluations, I'll look at sales that happen in February, March, whatever it might be. And I'll have to kind of make some sort of adjustments because if you look at that time in the market, and let's say that the average buyer finances 80% of the purchase, their conventional financing, they put 20% down and they finance 80%. That's that's not a that's a pretty fair statement to say the average buyer might be there. Right. Well, those payments back when interest rates you could get a five-year term, I remember seeing, I think as low as about 1.6, but definitely under 2% for a fair bit of time. If you take a look at those high prices at those interest rates. And then you look at today's slightly lower prices at the higher interest rates that are maybe five and a quarter, uh, maybe even going up to six next month when, you know, when, when these decisions are made, you'll see that buyers just don't have the ability and, uh, you know, to, to spend that kind of money. In fact, today is the most expensive time to buy real estate if you're financing a property simply because the interest rates are higher. So, if you go back to the fundamentals of a supply and demand business like real estate, uh, you, you learn pretty quickly that uh, the market is determined by what a buyer and seller will agree to given 
you know, the situation of the market. And right now, a buyer being a ready, willing, and able buyer, well, buyers aren't quite as ready anymore. They're not as willing to pay high prices given the climate. You know, if you've got any financial uh, acuity at all, you understand these things. And part of my job is to help a lot of people understand them. And the ability on the part of a buyer is reduced. So what I see right now, the stage that we might have been in, and, you know, we first we had all the excitement, and then we had a little bit of a lull and maybe a little bit of a stagnation. And then sellers kind of get a feel for what's going on, but they're somewhat resistant to bring the price down. They do as necessary. And I think we're at a point now where buyers are kind of cherry picking a little bit and, and, and that's fine. That's probably what they should do. But I don't know that we've really seen, uh, I don't know if it's it's really broken yet. So when I, and by that, I mean, to, to break out in a new a new market. I think we're on the verge of the new market kind of breaking out um, because again, prices, including financing costs are higher than they were then. And so to me, that means the market will likely continue to adjust downward and we're going to lose a lot of the gains that were had in the, you know, the hyper uh, excited times. And, and, you know, this is not doom and gloom. All I'm saying is the hyper excited times are no longer there and there's a further adjustment to happen as the economic realities settle in. So people can still sell their homes. Um, you can still get high prices compared to what they were, you know, a year to two years ago. But I do see a trend today that says we're heading downward gradually um, to areas that we might have seen in previous times when interest rates were higher. So I hope that's not a too long of an explanation, but I think that's where we are today. No, that's very interesting. Uh, we're talking to John Carlson, Johnny Smart Point. JohnnySmartPoint.com is where you can find him online. That's two N's, Johnny Smart Point. Uh, you can also send him an email, john at JohnnySmartPoint.com. And uh, the phone number is 604 612 zero zero eight zero and and the weird thing about real estate as an investment when you're looking at prices going up and down it's not like the stock market because unlike stocks you don't live in stocks you live in a house so people have to sell occasionally and sometimes they have to buy they need a place to live and it seems to me from what i'm hearing that um, I mean, every real estate agent, you know, most people would be a little bit, um, you know, suspect because of course the real estate agent wants to sell your house, but do you think that, uh, it might be a good time if people are on the fence, you know, maybe they're downsizing and they've been thinking about it, that it might be a good time to get in now because, you know, to sell, sell that home as opposed to waiting. Uh, do you, do you, I mean, do you feel that way? Well, it definitely can be. And it depends on a situation of a seller. If a seller is happy to wait out, you know, in their property for five years or more, even, you know, why make a move if you're not 100% comfortable with it? But you did mention something that I thought was pretty interesting. And, and that is, you know, buyers, buyers don't have to don't have to buy this is a flip coin, the, the flip side of the coin to the market we were just in where sellers had all the leverage and buyers were, you know, competing like crazy. Well, in a market like this, we have to remember that buyers don't have to buy. They can wait. And in fact, time is on their side right now, the way the lay of the land seems to be you know, laying out. And, and um, it's really the sellers who get to a point eventually where they say, hey, you know, I've got a promotion. I got to move across the country or there's a separation or there's whatever reason, retirement. There's For some reason, or maybe the bank is knocking on their door saying, hey, you haven't made your payment. So 
there comes a time in a declining market where sellers tend to be the ones who capitulate, if you will. Again, flip side of what we saw before. And they say, hey, I have to sell. And they hit the market at a price that's a lot more reasonable than the other previous sales. And they kind of start setting new trends. And, and that's what I mean by the market hasn't really broken to that point yet. We, we haven't seen a ton of new um, inventory. I think part of the reason for that is that we burned through a lot of the a lot of it when the market was red hot. People who were considering retirement, you know, took up the market and said, hey, here's my time and they've sold. So even though sales in terms of activity buyers is down, what, around 50 percent compared to yeah. a year ago, we're at a place where the inventory hasn't completely, you know, capitulated to the market yet. And I think that day might be coming. So in that sense. If you want to sell within the next six months, it might be a really good time now financially compared to what might be coming. Right. And we've talked to many of your clients uh, who do testimonials for you on this show. And the thing that I hear mostly from them is that they felt like they weren't rushed and they felt like you listened to them and their their circumstances. And uh, you're not the kind of guy who's gonna you know be be a hard sell type and uh so I, I think if people are considering selling their home uh i think it would be a very smart move to talk to john and uh as i say go to johnnysmartpoint.com two ends johnnysmartpoint.com or send john an email at john at john johnnysmartpoint.com john at johnnysmartpoint.com we're talking to john carlson it's a vancouver consumer and uh when we come back i i want to talk a little bit about uh, more about this market and uh where you think it's headed and how you can take advantage of it and a little bit about the mechanics of of selling a property and how uh, the fact that you're a 2% realtor can save you a ton of money. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the lower mainland real estate market, where it's headed, where we've been, and uh, more great advice from John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. And we'll have more on Vancouver Consumer when we continue right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back. I'm Martin Strong and we're talking real estate with our friend John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. And you can also send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. If you are kind of on the fence. And, and what we heard in the last segment was this is, um, I mean, it's a declining market. I, I think it's safe to say it's a declining market. And it may, what I'm hearing is it may be a good time if you are thinking of selling. And that's the thing with real estate. Um, oftentimes, uh, circumstances dictate that you sell a home and maybe you got, you know, promoted. Maybe you got divorced or maybe money is tight and you need to sell. And uh, I think right now, from what I'm hearing, is that it might be a good time to to sell that house because we are in a declining market and it seems like that momentum is here to stay. And, and I mentioned earlier that when we talk to your clients, John, um, they, they always say, oh, they really enjoyed the process because you didn't rush them and you listened to them and you're definitely not a hard sell guy. And, uh, I think it's important that, uh, people know that if they, if they call you that 
I mean, if someone was to call you, say, at 604-612-0080 or go to johnnysmartpoint.com and get a hold of you there, I mean, you're, I mean, the first thing you're going to do, you're not going to, you know, push them into selling a house if they're not sure of, of what to do. No, um, that's never been my style and I don't need to work that way. I've been a pretty busy um, agent and uh, it's just, you know, when I go in to talk to somebody, I, I recognize that they've invited me to talk to them about their personal situation and this is their money. It's their future. It's their, their families. You know, I'm just there to see if I can add any value to the situation by helping them maximize a sale. So it's not up to me to try to convince anybody to sell or stay or anything like that. But it is my job as an agent. And, you know, when I meet people, most often I step into the agency relationship with them, meaning I owe them the duties of full disclosure, everything I know, what we talk about is confidential and all that sort of thing. So, you know, on the one hand, I would never rush anybody. But on the other hand, I find that sometimes sellers don't really understand fully the trend yet because, you know, when you look at statistics, you're looking at the past and you can see some trends, but you know, what's going on today. And, and, and really like, as I mentioned in the first segment, has the full, um, has the full impact of the changes in the market been, been shown, revealed itself in the pricing of the market yet? I don't necessarily think it has. So when I sit down with them, I, I need to find out about their situation. For some people, hey, maybe it depends. You're on a short timeline, a longer timeline. You know, maybe you stay. My my theory is this, and I've told people this before. You know, if you're not sure about a move, don't make it. If you don't have to, I've seen people who say, hey, we're downsizing, and then they move into a condo, and a year later, I get the call, and they say, hey, it was the wrong move for us. We shouldn't have done it. So, don't make a change just to make a change. But the market itself is probably uh, to a lot of people who are looking at selling maybe in the next six months is probably the one that is what's putting the pressure on them, not me. So my job is to give people good fundamental advice. And I really believe that a, that a real estate agent would not do any potential client any good if he or she were to suggest to them, you know, hey, I can get you this money because so sign this piece of paper and list with me, uh, you know, so that, you know, we can get this listing going. I, I think that you have to sit down with them and also give them both sides of the story saying, hey, here's here's the positives of the market, but here's the negatives of the market. Here are the trends. And if you want to sell soon, um, you know, things might start looking a little bit more bleak come November, December, January, February, March, whatever it might be until next spring. So I don't rush people. But it's kind of a delicate situation to be respectful with people, to let them know you, you understand you're dealing with their money, but to remind them that the glory days are gone and the slide is still pointing downward. And, you know, at some point there is good news. I mean, that's the upside. At some point the market balances out and, you know, before you know it, we're back in a situation where there's not enough inventory to go around. Now, when is that? Is it six months, two years, five years? Nobody really knows. So again, that's why there's the timeline. If I'm dealing with people who say, John, now is the right time for us to sell, it probably makes a lot more sense to face the market for what it is today than follow it down for three or four months and then face reality tomorrow. Yeah. And the whole idea of following it down. I mean, that's a mistake a lot of people make with the stock market. They see a high flying stock and they see where it was and they refuse to sell as it starts to fall because they all they can think about is how high it was and uh, they kind of miss the big picture and i guess that's sort of true with with real estate people see well a year ago that was going for this much and i guess people need to to reset don't they 
Well, you nailed it. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a very uh, straightforward, is the glass half empty or half full? Because if you look at pricing right now from the peak, yeah, things have come down and and more than just pricing. I mean, we're, when we look at sales statistics regarding pricing, we're looking at the successful properties. You know, some of these properties have maybe listed at higher prices and canceled the listing and relisted and canceled and relisted again. And then they sell and they come out as a success, but it doesn't necessarily show that history. And when you're looking at a market where everything is selling and now you're looking at a market where 10% of the market is selling, it's more than just the prices uh, when prices are coming down. So you do want to look at all those things, but is the is the glass half empty or half full? Because if you take a price graph of you know whatever property in whatever area in Vancouver, Greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley, you'll see that the pricing is still significantly higher than it was not that long ago. So there's still a fair bit of equity in homes, and it just seems that for now the trend is going to be that that equity erodes over time. So is it going to happen quickly? Is it going to happen slowly? So far, it's been fairly gradual. But these are all the kind of things a seller needs to understand. And my job is to acknowledge I don't know everything. I'm not the market. I don't decide what's going to happen in the economy or how buyers are going to react to things or where the interest rates are going to go. But my job is to report everything I know about the market and where I think it might be heading to give people enough information to make a good strategy. Because more than ever, if you're selling your home and this is your nest egg, you want to make sure you maximize it. Mm-hmm. We're talking to John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And uh, you can email John at john at johnnysmartpoint.com or just go to his website to contact him, johnnysmartpoint.com. And I, I think it's a good time to talk about the process of selling a home and things like commission, because John is, uh, is a, a real estate professional who has worked in this business for more than 25 years, you've sold more than a thousand properties in the lower mainland. And that list is growing all the time. So you've, you've seen every kind of, you know, nook and cranny, all the sort of highs and the lows of the real estate market in, in the lower mainland. So you're getting a lot of expertise, but you're also a 2% realtor, which uh, traditionally is on the low end of what real estate agents charge for commission. And that, uh, that turns out to be a lot of money in the end that people will save with a 2% realtor. Well, and I always like to say that commissions are negotiable and there are other business models, but compared to the most common business models out there, which would probably be 7% of the first $100,000 of your sale price plus two and a half or 3% of the balance compared to that, most common business model, I do save people a significant amount of money. And, you know, basically it comes down to the fact that I made a business decision many years ago that I wanted to give people good value. I wanted to make it very easy to work with me. Uh, So part of that, of course, is the cost, any product or service, the cost is important, but the, the, the product and service itself and the results that you can give, you know, are the other side of it. So again, that comes down to the smart point idea is if you can have an agent that's uh, got a great track record and understands the market well enough to give you an advantage over your competition, uh, and maybe you save some money in the process, that that becomes a, a much easier value proposition uh, for people to understand and get behind. And so it's been a really successful formula for me. Um, I like to help people you know, save money or put more money in their pocket after they sell a home than they might have otherwise. And I would suggest that, you know, real estate professionals like any other industry, you know, have uh, different 
you know, various levels of expertise, maybe, or, 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 or maybe um, experience. And, you know, not just that, but a, a seller has to feel comfortable with the style and the personality of the person they're working with. And, and so I try to really make all cover all of those, uh, you know, areas to make it very easy to work with me. And, and when people do, generally speaking, as you hear uh, from a lot of the clients that come on the radio program to say it, they're, they're satisfied. So that's how I stay in business and that's how I stay busy. And that's the, um, the effort and, uh, you know, the direction that I, that I take when people call me. So when, if you call me, if you're listening, you want to sell your house and you want to meet with me, you know, I'm going to give you the straight facts as I understand them and help you make a good decision. And if you go to johnnysmartpoint.com, you can uh, look on the on the homepage and there's a table that shows what a 2% realtor would charge versus most other brokers, which is the traditional model that you said. Um, and it really adds up. It seems kind of like a small difference, but you know, the, say, say it's a million dollar home, uh, a 2% realtor charges uh, $20,000 and the traditional model for commission charges 295. So that's $9,500 cash that you would save. And I think that's, that's really important. I think, uh, people need to know that go to johnnysmartpoint.com. Well, it is. And in full disclosure, you know, and I, this is, these are the conversations I have with people all the time. Oftentimes when I'm listing a property now, uh, people say to me, hey, John, I know the market's slow. And if we put less buyer's agent commission on a property, you know, is that going to hurt our chances of selling? In other words, the buyer who the agent who brings the buyer doesn't get paid as much as, say, a lot of these other listings. And so I just want the listeners to know that if that's a concern, we can adjust the buyer's side commission and make it the same as maybe or very similar to what most of the other listings are. But my side of the commission still stays, stays at what it is. So you know, I would argue that if a seller wants to put a more typical or, uh, you know, a higher, let's say, commission to a buyer's agent, we can do that. And you'll still save money, you know, compared to that same business model on the listing side. So, uh, you know, commission is always negotiable. And these are discussions I have with people. But again, the focus is to give good advice to help people put more money in their pocket uh, than they might otherwise. And, and I stand by that. Really? Yeah. And really quickly, we've got like a minute left. What's if somebody goes to uh, johnnysmartpoint.com or gives you a call 604-612-0080? I mean, what's the first first thing you would ask them if they said, I have a home, I'm thinking of selling? What's the what, what are the first things you, you ask them? Well, I ask them uh, what type of house it is and where it is. And I ask them if they'd like to get together or if they'd just rather have a phone call. And most of the time people say, you know, let's make an appointment to meet. And so, you know, that's that's pretty much the first step is identifying if people want to meet me or not, or if they just want some general information. And either way, I'm fine uh, with that. But uh, when we meet, that's really when, you know, we start getting into the meat of the matter. Yeah. And I, and I think that just shows this, if, if you do get a hold of John, um, it's, you're not going to be suddenly on a treadmill of selling your home. It's a, it's a process and you'll talk and, uh, you're not going to be pushed into doing something that you don't want to do. Well, John, thank you so much for talking to us. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Looking forward to that, Martin. Have a great day. Great. John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. And as I say, that's that's the website, johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, the phone number, 604-612-0080. And you can also send John an email, john 
at johnnysmartpoint.com. And we'll talk to John in a couple of weeks. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, it's a look at some of the stranger real estate listings out there from a room with a view in the West End for 580 bucks a month. Spoiler, it's a tiny room. To a $16 million home on sale uh, on the island. That's all next when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Continuing with real estate, what would you expect to pay in rent for a single room with a private deck in Vancouver's West End? With the average one bedroom going for around two grand a month there, you'd probably expect a little more than 580 bucks. But a recent listing on Craigslist advertised a room in the West End for 580 bucks. In this case, though, for 580 bucks, you're actually getting the den in a two bedroom apartment. You have to share the kitchen, though it does come with your own private deck. But it's a den, a tiny room with just enough space for a twin-sized bed, maybe some small shelves. But the selling point is, for the 580 bucks a month, it comes with a private south-facing balcony. So how's the view? Well, you'll be able to gaze out on a one-story view of an alley just off Denman Street. If you've got more dough to spend and you want to buy something and you're obsessed with whales... You might want to try this orca-themed house, now for sale in Souk on the island. That's just about 45 minutes from Victoria. This listing has gone viral thanks to Zillow Gone Wild. That's a Twitter account that highlights strange and hilarious real estate listings around North America. It has quite a few followers. Uh, This house is serious, though. It's a nice house listed at $1.59 million. It's just under 3,200 square feet, three bedrooms, four bathrooms. It's in a beautiful spot. Lovely home. It's just that there are whales everywhere, on the walls, on the floors, and also, I guess you'd call it a sculpture of a bunch of life-size, I'm guessing either plastic or fiberglass orcas, that are leaping out of the driveway, which looks like water. So you got to love whales. Needless to say, people on Twitter loved it, and it went viral, people making fun of the home. So that house on the island is $1.6 million, but you can still go bigger, 10 times bigger. For $16.5 million, you could be the owner of a unique Georgian-style property on Vancouver Island that looks like it's right out of old England. It's a four-bedroom, eight-bathroom, 7,500-square-foot stunner in a semi-rural area of North Saanich, and it looks like no expense was spared. There are vaulted and stained glass ceilings between 15 to 18 feet high in many rooms, and there is a main bedroom, two guest suites, and a garden bedroom. Finally, there's plenty, plenty of outdoor living space, including a wraparound porch. On the main floor, there's a covered, sunken hot tub with a stone fireplace and built-in heaters. So even on the coldest nights, you can soak in the tub and look out at the ocean. $16,500,000. This is Vancouver Consumer. And coming up, the gas price roller coaster continues. And coming up, I've got the scoop on why we got such a big break on the price of gas in the past few days. 
I'm Martin Strong, and we'll continue with Vancouver Consumer right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.